Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode of Happy Hour is sponsored by Gold Star. Gold Star has a great selection of affordable tickets to all sorts of live events, including theater, with Broadway and Broadway national tours, concerts, comedy, dance, and more. The first 200 listeners who use the promo code HAPPYHOUR, one word, all caps, will get $10 off their purchase at goldstar.com backslash happyhour or using the Gold Star app. Well, I don't know what's going to be worse because I just got (laughs) crickets for the leopard gecko and you have Uh hay fever. Um, I know. Oh, here's a question. Do you guys call it hay fever or do you just call it allergies? We'll call it both. Um, oh, okay. I think I think hay fever, I will notice an older gen, like my parents' generation calling it hay fever because, or, yep. or also, I think maybe I notice them calling it allergies more too because nowadays allergies can mean a whole slew of things. But well, I, exactly. But like my father has hay fever in... Uh, in comes from a world when like people weren't allergic to peanuts you know right okay yeah because i feel like that's i've heard people say oh it's just my allergies right and they mean i can't breathe because there's grass right yeah you know hay fever yeah exactly do you you have hay in scotland i assume you have an abundance of it we eat it that's what i had for dinner oh lovely bale of hay delicious do you just like keep whiskey A whiskey sauce. (laughs) That blindsided me. That was fun. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with triplets and tequila. Do you have that song, Tequila? Yes, it was one of the best high school talent shows I've ever seen. (laughs) Where it was that, yes, the jazz band came out, like, the jazz band showed up. No one knew what song they were going to play. And then one of the shyest kids i've ever known not a singer not a performer like a tech geek kid stands in front of the microphone and everyone's like what the heck are they gonna sing like what the heck is and then the band goes into tequila and the kid stands there the whole time until he gets to tequila and it brought the house down it was so funny and it made all the adults overlook the alcohol connotation because like let's be honest compared to some of the songs listen today kids listen to today the song tequila pretty tame (laughs) Yeah, catchy lyrics. Catchy lyrics. Easy to memorize. Absolutely. I wonder where he is now. He's probably a world-famous performer. (laughs) I'd like that idea. You should find out, please. We'll follow that up later, guys. Don't worry. 
Um, so, hey, what are you drinking today? You drinking tequila? Uh, today, I am drinking a spiked cafe con leche. A spiked cafe con leche? Yeah. Is that because you're an alcoholic? It's because I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> the amount that we drink. I mean, <laughs> Every really, time we podcast. We should... Absolutely. It's dangerous. <laughs> um, well, I'm just having... Would you count this? Would you count, uh, uh, like, strawberry piragua? Sure. Not maybe as alcoholic, but you know, I'm proud of. Does you. it need to be alcoholic? They don't need to be alcoholic, do they? Is that a rule that we've? Have we ever had that rule? Oh, I've had that rule. Have you not? Been- well, maybe that's why I laugh so much during I the think podcast. Sometimes I've had like water from the sea, etc. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I just to make sure was... it's a drink, it's been out for like an hour, so it's just liquid. Right, so now. it's just pure just liquid and syrup. sticky. It's probably really gross. It's probably like pure sugar water, lukewarm pink sugar water <sighs> oh yeah <laughs> don't know why i'm drinking it how idiotic i know what a silly it's thing great. well perhaps to explain you have a quiz statement for us i'm just gonna I start do. calling the, them that the new equipment yep um okay well this musical thomas uh mm-hmm. was partially inspired by a new york pilates studio on 180 i can't even speak this hay fever on 181st street <laughs> What show could that be? It's Pilates what? the Musical. It, I wish. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> stretch. <laughs> and Stretch. I don't know. Um, it's in the Heights. Lights up on Washington Heights. Up at the break of day. I wake up and I got this little punk I gotta chase away. Pop the grade at the crack of dawn. Sing while I wipe down the awning. Hey, y'all. Good morning. Ice cold agua. Parcha, china, cherry, strawberry, and just for today, I got mamey. Oye, Piraguero, ¿cómo estás? Como siempre, señor Usnavi. I am Usnavi, and you probably never heard my name. Reports of my fame are greatly exaggerated, exacerbated by the fact that my syntax is highly complicated because I immigrated from the single greatest little place in the Caribbean, Dominican Republic. I love it. Jesus, I'm jealous of it. And beyond that, ever since my folks passed on, I haven't gone back. God damn, I gotta get on there. Oh. The milk is gone bad, hold it just a second Why is everything in this fridge warm and tepid? I better step it up and fight the heat Cause I'm not making any profit if the coffee isn't light and sweet Abuela, my fridge broke, I got cafe but no con leche Try my mother's own recipe, one can of condensed milk Nice Ay, paciencia y fe That was Abuela, she's not really my Abuela But she practically raised me, this corner is her escuela now You probably thinking, I'm up Shit's Creek I've never been north of 96th Street Well, you must take the A train Even farther than Harlem to northern Manhattan and maintain Get off at 181st and take the escalator I hope you're writing this down, I'm gonna test you later And and you know what, it's specifically appropriate We're going through a heat wave over here at the moment We're going through a heat wave here It is 101 degrees in Denver today. Hold on, I'll convert that for you. Thank you. Don't have a clue. That's, uh, that's something like 32. Uh, that's 38. Oh, that's yeah. really hot. It's really that's hot. really hot. It's really, really got hot. got the AC on. Oh, I do. Central air. It's beautiful. Thank goodness. Hopefully we don't have a power outage. Oh, I don't have to hint at it anymore. We already said it was a nice. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Are your fingernails slipping off in the heat? Ew. Uh, that's the line. That's a lie. Is that a, every time I listen to the show, I hear something new, and I 
was trying to write them down and I didn't write any of them down. Oh, it's so, not a lyric. It's a it's a one of the wonderful script from the book. Lines. <laughs> um, yes. So in the Heights, here we are. Um, well, music and lyrics by, of course, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Mr. Lynn Manuel Miranda. Thank you, Mr. Miranda. Uh, book by. Oh, you should yep. say this one. I'll say it wrong. <laughs> I'm just waiting to see if you try. <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, and the book by Chiara Alegria Hudes. Yes, it opened on Broadway in 2008 and then moved into the West End in 2015. Yes, indeed it did. It was on Broadway for quite a while as well, we should say. It was, it, it was the, you it know. Played for run. several years. Yeah, super popular. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> the defining moment uh-huh. in the Heights really, history. It's number number one. Like, forget Broadway. Forget West End. We Absolutely. Gotta, we got to talk about the Scottish amateur premiere production. Exactly. Lin Manuel himself said our video was great. So, <laughs> really. Jimmy, really, which Jimmy is the best. Jimmy directed the show, everyone. I did. I've said this about five million <laughs> times, I think, on the podcast. But yes, I directed the Scottish Amateur Premiere. Woo! That means nothing. <laughs> um, it won four Tony Awards, including Best Musical, not Jimmy's production, the original Broadway production. <sighs> Sadly, I'm we were sure, pipped. I'm sure Jimmy's show was great. Um, and hugely popular. Maybe not Lin-Manuel Miranda's most popular musical. Yeah, I know he pipped himself, but <laughs> but hey. certainly, certainly, super, you know, paved the way for Hamilton. Absolutely, and it, in many ways, I would say it's an unforgettable show. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? People, oh, yeah. will, you'll always remember Heights. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so what? What? What on earth is it? In the Heights. Do you want me to field this one, or do you want to? Oh, I got this. In the Heights takes place in Washington Heights in New York City, around 181st Street. Uh, across three days, July 3rd through July 5th. Um, uh, around and about these three bodegas, um, <laughs> right? Um, basically, uh, we follow yep. Usnavi, our, uh, narrator character who runs a corner shop on this corner, and he introduces us to the various characters around Washington Heights, um, and we learned about, we learn about their struggles with, you know, their own latino heritage and the gentrification of the neighborhood and you know um i think being a you know uh, a struggling financial community in new york and all the things that come with that there's love and romance and education problems and a power outage and a, i think one of the saddest deaths in all of musical theater oh um, yeah and uh, you know Three days later, the musical's done. It's a big, massive multiplayer. It's uh, it is a true piece of musical theater. I think this is yeah. structure-wise one of the more perfect pieces of musical theater. Absolutely, and completely original. Yeah, one hundred percent. You don't completely see that enough. very often. Yeah, absolutely don't. Especially not one that has a story. Yeah, like this. Yeah, like a fully fledged, detailed story with you know multifaceted characters whose stories intertwine it's also not yep. just like a bunch of separate stories like an a plot b plot separate like it's a true integrated plot musical um yep yeah a beautiful beautifully stunning show yeah and backed obviously by an incredible score obviously this was one of the first times yes on broadway that we really got to see hip-hop coming in obviously we're rolled hats now with hip-hop yes Aren't we? Um, <laughs> I know I but am. But this was really, <clears throat> absolutely, this is really one of the first times that 
it, yeah. it was certainly popularized on a on a Broadway stage. So yeah, yeah and of course it was very, very much owed to Lin-Manuel Miranda's genius and taste and intelligence. Um, you know, blending of because it it is while it is certainly hip hop infused, it is also very purely a piece of musical theater. Um, yep, and it it yep. flips back and forth between styles and genres. Absolutely. Every other word. It's crazy it's a, sauce. It's a proper, it's a melting pot, just as Washington Heights itself yeah. is. It yeah. is, in fact, itself a melting pot. Yeah. I've got all these quotes up my sleeve from a few years ago, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've, um, uh, you've studied this show intensely or something. It's almost like that. <laughs> Did you speak any Spanish before this show? Sí, uh, un poquito solamente. Okay. Pero uh, that's as far as we made it. For, I can't remember the word for enough. <laughs> What's the word for enough? Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, a, a, a bit. Um, in particular. Uh, Latin American because of mm. my love for Shakira. Ah, okay. <laughs> and that isn't that isn't even a joke. <laughs> oh, you said it with such a straight face. I know it's not a joke and it's fantastic. Exactly. It's a, I'm deadly shit. like and it's quite funny because I kept getting when I cuz I studied it in school for 4 years. Okay. Um and that uh, wait, hold on. I find that surprising. I don't know why I find that surprising. The, these are these weird minor cultural differences that I never would have thought that. Well, they, that we cut that we stu- I study Spanish. That you study Spanish in school. That they teach Spanish in school in Scotland. Um, but it's, so, um, do you what modern languages did you do? They I looked, took Spanish for three years. Yeah. But, but also, like half of the population in the United States speaks Spanish. Speaks Spanish. Yeah. I mean, I guess um, it's in Europe. I guess that makes sense. I, f- I forget you all are much closer to each other. And, yeah, you exactly. Know, you... So um, normally the choices we get are uh, Spanish, French, and German. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty close. We'll do. Uh, we, there's Spanish. a lot of like Spanish, French, and Mandarin. Um... <clears throat> yeah, we're not quite there yet. Yeah, but soon, huh. I imagine. Anyway, um, so yeah, but I used to get in trouble all the time mm-hmm. uh, in class because my pronunciations were. Latin American as opposed to Spanish. And Were Shakira's pronunciations. Exactly, exactly. And I was like, but it's correct. And we had a big old fight, as I did many times because I was an awful child. Um, but yes, a little bit. And I think that's quite important. Yeah. Um, because I think right off the bat, I'm going to try, I won't try and talk about me directing it the whole time because that would get boring. It's not what it's about. But, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think it's really, really important that if you want to undertake this show, that you really need to do your homework. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Like, and I think if I hadn't done any Spanish whatsoever, I think, first of all, I don't think I would have engaged with the musical as much. Right. Initially. Yeah. Um, but also, it would just be too much of a a step, like a culture step, because... Yeah. Well, it, it's... You, 
it's integral to the show. I mean, if you if Completely. you're if you're still out there and you haven't listened to the show yet, or a clip hasn't come up in the podcast yet, about mm, I, I would say what maybe fifteen percent of this show is in Spanish. Yeah, I would go more. I would one hundred percent go more. And because there's you know some characters who, for example, with the Pirago guy, yeah. um, he most of his lines include some sort of Spanish in them. In Carnival, he yeah speaks solely and sings solely in Spanish yeah and unabashedly so um and there'll just be those like odd lines just thrown in mm-hmm. that are just completely in Spanish and it's not they don't you know at no point does Kiara ever sort of stop and say this is what it means right yeah do you know I, what I mean you I just think that is it. one of the fantastic things about it like um you know this is abuela she's not really my abuela and they call her abuela the whole dang time. Yeah, and you're you know you're gonna figure out that it means grandma, but yep. we don't like you know Dora the Explorer doesn't come out and isn't like do you know what abuela means? Right? Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Which I you know, it just feels so intelligent off the back. It it, it is unapologetic for how like it, you got to keep up with this show for you know? sure. Um, and I think it's one of those things, you know, again said it before we'll say it again i'm a little white boy yeah me too and uh this isn't in my heritage at all so in order for me to actually go about directing some of this with authenticity uh, any shred of that mm-hmm. um you really need to do your homework you don't yeah. want to go into this and talk from a you know you don't want to guesswork right your way through in the heights yeah it's too the, the cultural aspect of it is too important yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, more important than <laughs> than maybe the cultural aspect in some other shows. I've, I'm thinking in my mind Brigadoon, but I don't want to say anything insulting. But, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> that, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. It's just this is, this is the, that is almost the story that it wants to tell. It's the story of this community of people. Right. Um, yeah. Brigadoon, I don't think, wanted to tell that story, but it, it did <laughs> in a way. Yeah, <laughs> accidentally. um but no so it's interesting um that we sort of said that as a a musical it's it's so complete and and very Mm -hmm. strong as a story because honestly um i don't think i've read a script as difficult to work with (laughs) as in the heights i really really don't and not in a like waiting for godot way do you know what i mean yes yes that's not a sarah kane play it is uh it's it's pretty straightforward in its content there's it's not a... v v high school and i feel so bad saying this i yeah. really do i really feel bad because obviously who am i mm-hmm. to right. say this but um it doesn't help a director when you know timelines are ignored okay for this, example i just find this cause i've worked on the show twice at two different schools now yep. um and I've never thought much about the book, so this is a new thought to me. What, like, what, what, what do you struggle with about the book? So mostly, I mean, as a director, I like to. I'm a big character focused, yeah, son of a gun, um, and so I timeline all my characters, okay, uh, and then work with the actors accordingly. But for someone like Sonny, mm-hmm. who the hell is he? <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean. And actually, like, you don't quite know his relation. To, to anyone, to anyone. Yeah. Navi, Abuela. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of there. I guess that's he true. Have an age, right? So you don't know where he's come from, right? 
and you kind of know he's a millennial but yeah. that's about it and like you know if you're developing yeah. a character and you can't say i was born right x i mean they it, the, it's difficult they call him he's Zuznavi's cousin which might be about all we get <clears throat> that's it and you never you know it doesn't talk about oh my uncle as in Usnavi's father right you know his parents are very important to him yeah you don't know does that mean that he's from the dominican republic as well right D- did uh, usnavi's or... parents and uh, his you know either like whether it's his father's brother or whatever also come over at the same time exactly or was Sonny kind of sent over later and like go find your cousin Usnavi. Yeah, I guess that's this is true. it. We don't know. We absolutely don't know. And it's it's one of those things. I think for a show that is about where you come from, mm-hmm. you should really have where each of your characters come from. Yeah, kind of labeled. Yeah, I mean, um, I think this is more of a show about your found and chosen family than that. Certainly based on where you come from, but. But that's the thing is you need to know what you're ignoring before you work out I guess what true. you're accepting. Yeah, from, um, I, I see from a director standpoint the frustration. It was yeah, I think that's it. That's what I'm coming at. As, as, as an audience member, you don't you don't really care. You don't need to know anything about um, Sonny for him to be a successful I think, character. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's a shame because I think there are a lot of characters in this show that are extremely well written. Yeah, that have their whole kind of path paved out for them. Yeah, um, and it's a shame. To just let some characters fall by the wayside. I never, I don't like waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? no, that's true. And I feel like those characters then just become foils. They just become waste. Right. Which is a shame. Yeah, and it's easier for them to fall into a stereotype or, you know, kind of exactly. one dimensionality. Exactly. Yeah. Because actually, if, if you look at someone like um, Carla, mm-hmm. who is very one dimensional yeah. and who is very stereotypical, um, and you don't really at no point want to think oh well where was carla from right you know yeah but even then she gives you a full history of her right you know my mom was dominica cuban you right know. exactly uh, you get all that yeah yeah so even with her you still get it sunny under the jury's out the jury's out on that one it wouldn't take much that's the thing there's so many opportunities. i know yeah that's yeah and it is such a lean and mean musical like you can drop a line here or there and it's fine because there are so many people it does fall into the like you know what we learn like don't we mention abuela not taking her medicine once and then like uh oh <laughs> you know yeah exactly it's Oops. right it's one of those like the moment the character shows up and starts coughing you're like ah you're going to die um yep. and so it wouldn't take much in how lean some of the other exposition exposition is in this musical to just give sunny a little more background exactly yeah. exactly um the other one as well I want to talk about is mm-hmm. the Rosarios. Okay. Because I think they're severely underwritten. Okay. Um, so, uh, in fact, particularly with Camilla. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I approach them as a family, yeah. uh, obviously you understand that to um, Camilla and uh, to... Kevin. Kevin, um, their heritage and their culture mm-hmm. is extremely important. Yeah, um, and they've raised Nina mm-hmm. uh, accordingly. Yeah, um, 
and then obviously that's what Nina eventually struggles with is kind of going out into the big world and realizing, well, how do I keep this? How do I, mm-hmm. you know, stay true to this? And they just want what's best for me, but how do yeah. I build this in? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it's sort of their relationship um, and yeah, like particularly with Camilla's character, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's immensely underwritten. Yeah. Um, because enough kind of is, is there the song enough is there mm-hmm. um obviously as let's give camilla a moment yeah i always want more from enough yeah you know it's it's a shame that that's all she has yeah because she has to do so much in that moment yeah and like so kind of camilla's camilla's kind of beats um at the start you find out that uh she kind of runs a lot of the reins at the uh the, the taxi, taxi firm. company mm. yep uh and then when we find out that the money's kind of gone at the dinner party scene and she she you know storms off mm-hmm. uh and then comes back and is the kind of you know proper like mother figure to um nina and kind of puts kevin down yeah. um she can it's i don't know i, I just feel like the song itself, and I've seen it played this, how they played it in London. Um, it's just kind of played a bit ridiculously. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, it's her like fierce song. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to the fact that it's a mother yeah. uh, and a wife yeah. kind of keeping control of her family when that might not necessarily be the thing she wants to do. Right. And, and maybe not the most... You know, if we're talking about how ingrained their culture is, like totally. we're we're breaking out of that culture bubble in that moment too. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I don't think there, I don't think there is any moment when you think, ah, Nina's going to divorce. Ke- uh, sorry, um, Camila's going to divorce Kevin. Mm-hmm. There is that moment, and I think there's a lot tied into why that wouldn't ever come into play. Right. Um, but it's not it's not really there in the text. Yeah at all you really need to dig and you really need to as a director tell that story find the ways to big her up that way totally it's, yeah. it's just not it's not really there and i think again that's a a shame yeah for sure because t- t- honestly for me i go to watching the heights to see the rosario story i think it's a beautiful story in our beautiful family yeah no absolutely i mean i think it's a it's i, w- I don't know if we're not in a plot b plot land but it's Almost, I would call their story almost more more primary than some of Usnavi's difficulties. Usnavi so. is the <clears throat> is the narrator in Into the Woods. Yeah, it's it, their story has the the biggest ups and downs, yeah. and the biggest change happening. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, because the all three of them change each other. Yeah, when well, the uh, most the most choices uh, the the story happens to just about everyone else for the most part. Yeah. Usnavi makes some choices at the end, maybe. Um, yep, but like you know, Abuela wins a lotto accidentally. Like the rest of that is from the outside. But definitely, the Rosarios are making decisions about their life and their future, and you know, it, and it's like, do we sell or do we not sell? Do we go back to college? Do we not go back to college? Do we date Benny or not date Benny? Like, they yeah. are some pretty hefty personal decisions that are like, you know, are tough. Aren't like, well, clearly you have to choose this one. Like, you could pause the musical at any time and convince me that 
any of those decisions would go either way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you can't call it. You don't know at the end whether they are going to be together yeah. or whether Nina is going to stay or go. Right. Um, all of these decisions are made. And I think, to be honest, I think all the right decisions are made yeah. by the end. I think it's, it's good that she goes yeah. um, because you get that light and shade when you compare her mm-hmm. with Usnavi. Um, yeah. But I would just want to see, I don't know, I just want to see more depth there. Yeah. But then I guess it's like you've only got two hours you've only got two hours and there's a lot of characters <laughs> and i mean jimmy let's be honest we gotta know all about the pedagua guy like he has all that exposition about his personal backstory that exactly you know it's really important right like um, learning his name um <laughs> yeah pedagua guy he was born pedagua uh, estevez guy i love i love pedagua guy and then graffiti pete you know, it's, that's his name. He's like, it's the wrong comparison Graffiti to make. Sullivan Pete. It's like a character straight out of West Side Story. Like, yeah, you know, why do they call you Smidge? No one knows. Is that a character yeah. in West Side Story? Probably not. But I convinced you that it was for a second. No, you didn't. But yes, <laughs> Smidge, my favorite. Um, yeah, exactly. That thing. So there's there's a lot of superfluity. Yes. Superfluity? Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce that one properly. Uh, um, that's actually the um, plural word for a group of nuns. This is not a joke. It's a, yeah. A superfluity of nuns. Yeah. That's a collective noun for nuns. It was in a Sister Act video. We looked it up. Stunning. I know. Fascinating, right? F- these are facts, everyone. <laughs> this is what you came here for. I love that. <laughs> but yes, oh, that's brilliant. there is not an abundance of nuns, but certainly a superfluity the superfluity yeah There's hard of, difficult yeah, it is hard yeah lots of superfluousness in this exactly <laughs> in that in that moment we lost all of our integrity <laughs> um but yeah and so it's but it, it all just kind of works it, it yeah. creates the celebratory vibe yeah. and well and uh, you, you can i mean i i don't remember where i read this but it was lin-manuel miranda wrote something like 50 or 100 songs for this show um, yeah. Like the writing process for this show was extensive and multifaceted. And you can tell that like yeah. there were different endings and different outcomes and different, you know, relationships. I mean, we haven't even gotten to Sonny and Graffiti Pete here yet. Um, Just do wait. But, you know, and it, it shows the intricacy and totally. like what stayed and what didn't stay. And so I wonder, like somewhere on the cutting room floor, is there more about Sonny's background? Is you know there more Rosario depth? Um, yeah, like that sort. And of I stuff. would hope so because the thing is, is like, so when I was directing it, that was the story that I chose to pull out, and you can't, you can't just create that from nowhere, right? The seeds have to be there. So, right. hopefully, <clears throat> in the in the Heights extended edition, right, that we get when <laughs> they make the movie. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it'll be twelve hours long. Fi- yeah, exactly. A story for everyone. Um, yeah, so mentioning Sunny and Graffiti Pete. <laughs> we learned this while we were trying to find a quiz question for this episode. <laughs> exactly. So uh so Sunny Usnavi's cousin, Graffiti Pete, local graffiti artist. Um Buds uh, throughout yeah. the show. And in a previous draft, more than Buds. Exactly. Um so apparently when uh 
Sunday comes up with a plan yeah. to paint the grating mm-hmm. in order to keep his navy here. Uh, they they shared a little snack. Yeah. And like confirmed by Lin-Manuel Miranda himself. Like this is not some kind of, I mean, it started as some fan fiction, but then Lin jumped in and said, no, no, that's real. Um, yeah. Canonized it. And like um, isn't in the script anymore. Sonny is decidedly straight in the show. She was my babysitter well, first. So at least, well, at least bye. He, he talks about women at some point. I say now feeling yeah. a little unsure about this. No, he does say he does say she was my babysitter first. Um, the girl that I'm in love with, like, yeah, but so well, maybe maybe bye, maybe bye. But so here, maybe this is struggling, a... <laughs> right? Somewhere in the spectrum. no, but honestly, yeah. So right, so this is this is how I took it. Yeah, um, I played Sunny, uh huh, gay, not me personally, but that was the story that we chose that to told. tell. Yeah. That Sonny ultimately was so, gay. Do you because feel you feel vindicated by this newfound knowledge? I I truly do. I truly <laughs> truly do because it, it really does make sense. It doesn't seem out of place. Yeah, his lines are sassy as feck. Yeah. Um, I tell me all of the straight men that pull out a Cheetah Rivera reference. <laughs> tell me them. <laughs> like do you know a what I mean? drunk Cheetah Rivera. It's one I try exactly. To pull out time. But so this is a question I always have whenever like a cut song from a show comes up or like there are revelations about a previous draft. Why yeah. at some point the artistic team made the decision that this was the wrong story choice. Like uh-huh. that, like we need, we can't have this sunny graffiti Pete Mackinac moment. And yep. I wonder, you know, why like what made them pull that like i can justify things in my mind and i'm sure they're similar like there's a whole bunch of stuff going on we're dealing with a whole bunch of issues and like adding one more like it would seem kind of a throwaway gay issue at that moment which isn't quite associated with the core story that they're trying to tell um but so here's the thing yeah why does it need to be an issue right do you know what i mean yeah like why can't they just share this relationship that you don't get to see the whole of? Right. And I guess, like, because because it's gay, <clears throat> people would be like, I-, I need to know more. You didn't tell me they were gay. Right. They can't be gay. I What's do, going on there? I do think, like, we forget how quickly the times have changed. This is 2008. I think True. this is a different kind of gay time um, than in 2018. I bet you if this premiered in 2018, it'd be like, yeah, they're gay, whatever. Yeah, why not? And it could be Um, a tiny little, you know, thing that is like mildly funny without being offensive or seeming thrown in. Where I think in 2008, it would seem offensive on both sides. Um, Yeah. Like offensive to people who are like, what? Gay people in my musical? Like, let me tell you something, honey. Um, But also offensive to the gay community in a way that's like, what? You wrote this gay character, but they don't get songs or like lots of extended, you know, dialogue about their relationship. All they get is one Chita Rivera reference and then they're gone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But that's the thing, though. I think for someone like Sunny and Graffiti Pete, they'd be great gay characters because they're completely non-stereotypical. Yeah. Um, You know, Sunny talks about wanting to change his town and uh, kind of ride the gentrification wave. Yeah. um, And kind of fight for the kids. He's this little revolutionary guy. Graffiti Pete is a bit of a thug. Like, 
We don't we don't get gay characters like that. I mean, with a name like Graffiti Pete, I think you're more than a bit of a thug. Absolutely. Um, and here's something that pissed me off. Right, <laughs> I'm calling out. Uh, yeah. This is just me yeah. venting all of my grief that I had for Jimmy the Ranter. I, I know. I'm calling out some reviewers of ours. Uh huh. Because I think in like three reviews, maybe two, two or three reviews. Anyway, um, they were like. Mm, the Graffiti Pete and the Sunny weren't really believable as street gangsters, but, you know, they were fine. And I was like, I'm sorry. At what point did I ever say, like, ah, oh, these guys, these are the the G, you know, like, what? At no point. Like, he's sassy and dances, and then Graffiti Pete is an artist. Like, at what point do these guys need to be, like, of the street? so super streetwise and it just really annoyed me because it was like that at no point did i ever try you're looking at me funny and i don't know listeners you can't see this at home but jimmy is now standing on his desk he has thrown (laughs) his headphones off he's banging his fists yep (laughs) but it just just like why why do they have to be well, I mean, it is a shame because this is a show about busting stereotypes. Um, exactly. And, you know, if we could write responses to critics, that would be my opening line to them. It, oh, oh, I'm just so frustrated because, and not like the thing is, is it took it totally with a pinch of salt, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> but just because it's like, oh, you're just, we've already talked about critics being part of the problem. But right. this is this is why, yeah. you know what I mean? You yeah. haven't paid attention. Yeah. Yeah, you haven't paid attention. You've just been like, he is doing graffiti, therefore he must be in a gang. Right. And, you know, eligible for knife crime. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, actually, no, some people who do graffiti, just artists. Yeah, just you know artists. What I mean? That's the thing that happens. And like, you know, then there there's all these, it means there these are these critics walking into these musicals expecting one dimensionality and simple characters which is a shame for the art form absolutely anyway i'm off my soapbox now (laughs) he sat down he's put his headphones back on yes don't worry my shirt is back on i'm sure i'm sure you'll get angry in a second because i want to tell you about the times i've worked on this show in high schools great So, 
I try not to talk too specifically about some of my personal life work, um, but I'm far enough away from these schools that I think I can talk about it with a little anonymity. Um, in the Heights, the rights came out, um, Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, when I was early in my education career and a bunch of high schools picked it up right away because it's a huge yep. show with a bunch of female roles. Of course, high schools are going to do it. Um, and I uh, helped with tech for two very different high school communities who did this show. Um, one community, one high school community uh, was a very, very diverse high school community. Um, uh-huh. The the kids at that school collectively spoke something like 52 different languages. Um, wow. Like diverse in every way. Um, and the uh, drama director there I know had sometimed like it was an interesting struggle and challenge to kind of bring musical theater to these kids there is it's something I've wanted to like tease out the intricacies for a long time Um, but up until very recently musical theater in high school is a suburban white kid thing Um, totally whether it's culturally or funding or probably some combination of both um but so to have this really diverse school um, doing musical theater was just an interesting thing to watch. The year before, they did Thoroughly Modern Millie. Um, wow, wow. And, yeah, right? Um, you know, yes, on so many different levels and kind of spurred some fantastic conversations. Um, oh, right. They had, you know, authentic, I don't know what kind of Asian people they were, but authentic Asian kids playing the very racist Asian characters. Um, right. And a very white girl playing Mrs. Mears, uh-huh. like going full into the super racist um, connotation that it has. And it really yeah. spurred some conversation about like the past of these things and like, but also had, um, is it Jimmy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A Latino Jimmy. And, um, okay, cool. You know, like all across the board. Um, you know, like I forget the, um, there's like a, oh, they're my kids, um, mix up at the end of Millie, right? Like, um, what with M. Bunfu and no, because it's who's the, is it Dorothy? Is it Dor- Dorothy and Jimmy are the kids of like what's her face whatever it is. Um yes, right? it's 100%. Right. Um but like they were all of you know different backgrounds and different races and like they just went fully into that like whatever. It's high school theater. Like yeah. and you know how theater should be like probably the truest purest version of colorblind casting that I've ever seen. Yeah. Incomes in the Heights. Um, certainly the school has a, a big Latino population, um, but also has kids all over the place. Um, so very well cast, but then, um, uh, Kevin Rosario was like the whitest, blondest boy you've ever seen. Um, because he was the kid who was right for the part. Yeah. And the director wrote a beautiful note in the program about like this is a show about acceptance and a show about you know embracing our differences and you know in high school this is the last chance you have to play things that are different than you um and you know thank you for coming to see the show it was like a great way to say like hey we know we know this isn't how it's supposed to be um and it was one of the most beautiful high school experience shows i've ever seen great flash (laughs) two um 
a much different school. Yeah. Um, very predominantly white, more traditionally what you'd expect a kind of musical theater going crowd musical theater high school program to be for whatever yeah. reason. Um, did in the Heights maybe two years later. Um, and one just kind of took no attention to any of the cultural differences in it. Like didn't even spend time to work on the Spanish. Um, it was oh. all like awful American accents. Um, which was super depressing. Um, you know, and I worked tech on it and I was lower on the ladder too. So I'm not in a place where I could say a lot of things about it. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like both sides of like being super elated about this show and super depressed about this show. Um, Cause there's a wrong way to do it. And also hilariously, the kid, the white ginger kid who played Benny, um, which adds all sorts of confusion to the mix would also comically go on to play Benny from Rent the next year. <laughs> Which wow. really, you know, just adds all sorts of insult to injury. Um, yeah. But, so, I, I don't know. I have many mixed feelings about this sort of thing being performed in high school. Um, For sure. Miranda himself has talked a lot about it, especially when people ask him about, like, what's going to happen when Hamilton becomes available? Yeah. Which, like, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Hamilton's not going to be available for a long time. No. But it does beg the question, can all of these white suburban schools that want to do this show do this show? Yep. It's it's really true. I mean, it just it gets back to the same conversation we're going to have every other podcast. You right. know, um, there'll be some people say yes, there'll be some people say no. Um, I know we've got a fair few Latin American listeners who um, do feel very passionately about this, and I'm very excited to hear what they have to say. Um, but I think I don't know. I just feel it's 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 just the same. It's just the same. Yeah, as any other as yeah. any other show that involves race. Yeah, uh, and it, it's just that thing of like, yup, it's a shame that you can't do it, but just just pick your pick your battles. Like the like you say, the first school making it as diverse as possible. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion the best way to go about it. That's what we did. Yeah, because um, obviously in Scotland, <laughs> right? You know we have. A very very small Latin American community, even at a university mm-hmm. that is quite multicultural. Um, but we just try to expand it as much as possible yeah. and show the kind of melting pot that is New York. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but in hindsight, yeah, would I do it again? Absolutely not. Interesting, and I do because mm-hmm. I I just feel it's. I would say it wasn't it wasn't as authentic as it should have been. Yeah. And it could never be right. as authentic. Yeah. I think it is interesting. I think the 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 like the teeter totter of it all, the balance is like yeah. on one side you have authentically portraying these characters as written, right? Yeah. On the other side you have bringing this story and in many ways this culture to yep. a community that otherwise might not experience it absolutely um and, and that yeah, it's a exactly. it's a hard balance to find exactly well that's that's exactly one of the reasons why i wanted to do it mm-hmm. um was because 
you know, and this again, it sounds so trivial, but like growing up loving Shakira, like I was obsessed, like I was obsessed mm-hmm. with Shakira, and it opened up the world of Latin American culture <laughs> to yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and I got really into Latin dance. Yeah. Um, and understanding that sort of things that's the reason why i studied spanish at school right um it was just to kind of get on board more with that yeah uh so you know i'm, I'm by no means an expert but right. it was something that i feel and again it's weird it's weird that i've had the brigadoon conversation now because obviously as, as scottish people mm-hmm. we're very proud of our heritage mm-hmm. and the latin american community is also extremely proud also of their heritage, proud. and their yeah. heritage is just as rich and just as diverse, mm-hmm. um, much more so diverse. Um, and that was kind of something that I wanted to bring to an Edinburgh audience that will probably never have heard of In the Heights yeah. before, yeah. let alone understanding really anything about the Latin American com- community and the gentrification of upstate New York. Right. Like, it's... It, uptown new york sorry um it's yeah i just think it's an interesting story that should be told yeah and so then i mean i do think you you hit right on it like where wherever you at wherever you're at you use whatever resources you have to reach out to the people who should be in your show because that's that's a part of it too like one of the big points of in the heights is you know there aren't latin american characters in musical theater not authentic ones, yeah. um, you know, like if you say West Side Story is, I'll punch you. Um, <laughs> like, and part of it is creating these roles for people interested in them. Totally. And, like the 100% in the Heights was the first time yeah. there was Latin American representation oh. on the Broadway stage. 100%. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but to segue a bit, I want to talk about professional theater casting. Yes. Hey, hey, what's this thunderia that I'm seeing on the street? I never thought I'd see the day when a Latin people scared of heat. When I was a little girl growing up in the hills of Vega Alta, my favorite time of year was Christmas time. Ask me why. Why? There wasn't an ounce of snow, but all the coquito would flow. As we sang the aguinaldo, the carnaval would begin to grow. Business is closed, and we're about to go. Let's have a carnaval del barrio. Okay, so this episode is, of course, sponsored by Gold Star. Tommy, tell us all about Gold Star. Well, so I'm looking up right here. Um, As you know, Gold Star has a bunch of tickets to live events, affordable tickets. Um, Most of their tickets are uh, marked down from the original ones. And they have a bunch of regional tickets right here in Denver. Jimmy, I could go see Cry Baby the Musical. Did you know that was a thing? Absolutely. You're talking to a big John Waters fan (laughs) right here. Or if if I wanted to put my sports hat on, they've got some Rockies tickets too, and I could go to a baseball game. That I could tell you nothing about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, if you uh, go over and check out goldstar.com or check out the absolutely free Gold Star app. Um, And if you are one of our first 200 listeners who use our, our promo code, Happy Hour, 
then you'll get $10 off your purchase. And that's on the already marked down tickets. Yeah, uh, a lot of tickets on Gold Star, about 50% off. And I see that here. And it just looks great. Look at this. I could go see Annie. (sighs) I would go see Annie. Yeah, would you? We'd like to thank you, your (laughs) whore. So great. Yep, so if you use the promo code Happy Hour, that's Happy Hour, all caps, one word, at goldstar.com backslash happy hour, you can get $10 off your first order. That only goes out to our first 200 listeners. So use it quick. Use it now. Run. Use it now. Run to your computer. Can we raise our voice tonight? Can we make a little noise tonight? So loud and raw, cause they can hear us across the bridge and east the caucus. Arriba esa bandera, alza la bandera. Puerto Rico, de Santo Domingo, wherever we go, we rep our people and the Vito. Esa bonita bandera, tiene mi alma entera. I never forget about what could have been. Dance with me one last night in the hood again. Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's a very abrupt segue there, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, this, I think this story crossed both our radars um, two years ago now, 2016, July. Um, yeah. Porchlight Theater in Chicago. And this pains me a little bit because I have some friends who have worked with Porchlight. Yeah. Um, and they do great shows and I've seen their shows. Um, they did a production of In the Heights with a non-Latino Usnavi. Um, uh-huh. And it came off of a string of a couple Chicago miscastings. Um, the Marriott, the in the round place where I saw yeah. Brigadoon first, did yeah. a production of Evita um, with uh, very few Latin actors. Um, yeah. And Porchlight got slammed on the internet for their casting. Um, and so I do want to take a step back from this from a second for a second because i think this is an interesting discussion to have before making some of the assumptions that we normally do in these discussions right yeah you know because clearly we've had plenty of discussions where anti-whitewashing anti-brown face anti-yellow face all these things right yep um porchlight issued several extensive statements um about their casting process um and Two of the things they said that I found interesting, and, you know, grain of salt, you never know how true this is, because they issued these things after the controversy, so this could very well be damage control. Um, But in their 
casting postings. They did use language saying things like they're um, they're specifically looking for and encouraging people who self-identify as Latinx to audition for In the Heights. Yeah. Um, like they, you know, are looking for that. They don't talk about specifically reaching out. But okay. the, the other thing they mention, and this I find perhaps more fascinating, um, in... I, I assume this is true elsewhere, but I know it is true in America. In America, if you are employing someone, if you are interviewing them for employment, there's like a litany of questions you're not allowed to ask. Um, some things like, are you pregnant? Um, you know, to, they're like preventing discrimination from beforehand, yeah. right? Um, if you can never ask the question, then you can't discriminate based on what yeah. the answer is. One of the questions or the series of questions you can't ask is what race your potential employee identifies as yeah you cannot ask that and the statements from Porchlight kind of dance around that but they seem to imply that we couldn't ask we didn't know until after we cast which is interesting yeah I don't know if it's justified, but my greater question is then what's the solution, right? Yeah. Um, because casting actors is, you know, I think one of the few places where you're still being employed on your looks very squarely. Um, Absolutely. And part of that includes, you know, this is awful, but what race you look like, which exactly is different sometimes from what race you are. Um, and so... You know, but you can't suddenly make it okay to start asking everyone at their audition, like, well, what race are you? Because, yeah. you know, I hope I don't need to explain much further how that's going to backfire in a hot second. Exactly. Um, but it is an interesting angle through which to view this. Like, I think Porchlight, you know, the, the Chicago community has, uh, the Chicago theater community has certainly swung pretty far towards, like, we got to do this right um, and I'm, you know, I don't have specific examples, but I would assume Porchlight is on that boat now. Um, uh -huh. But like, specifically, what do you do? How do you, how do you square that circle? Yeah. You don't have an answer? <laughs> you don't have a solution for me? Jim? Imagine if I just came out with the <laughs> like ultimate, a statement. To all theaters across the world, right? Um, I have no answer, and one of the reasons I don't have an answer is because uh, the West End production encountered exact same issues. Yeah. Um, but v virtually nothing was made of it. Yeah. Interesting. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, the the main one, uh, Usnavi, mm -hmm. isn't Latin American. I'm pretty sure he's. I'm pretty sure he's. Again, you know, right? Nowhere it's, has he ever said hello. This is the, this is my race. Right. It's um, hard to say, and it's hard. You feel weird assuming too, right? Yeah. Because it feels. But he's he's like, definitely he said that he isn't Latin American. Yeah. Um. Because there's um quotes about him talking about hip hop and how uh, it's, it's awful. Um. Let me just get the right quote so I don't bastardize it. Uh, he was saying hip hop for me transcends so many ethnicities now. It's a worldwide phenomena that isn't just for black New Yorkers. And it's like, yes, but you sound like a white guy. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, even someone like Eminem, yeah. who is one of the biggest white hip-hop artists, 
would never deny the fact that it came from and is shaped by yeah you know african it's such a i mean it's the reason i hate la la land it's like the 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 music white savior story that happens time and time again whether it's hip-hop or jazz right like it's such a such a pain um, exactly like so that's pure appropriation and yeah. then um obviously when hamilton was announced mm-hmm. and the heights was still running and everyone was like oh well that's it you're gonna be playing hamilton um and he <laughs> uh yeah he would uh, kind of have to dance around the role uh but never made a statement of being like no it's not my role i'm white right. yeah well, and you know what I mean? why would you say no to playing Hamilton, right? Like, well, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then the, the thing is, mm-hmm. so Hamilton is Latin American because of the show. Right. And the, the story it's trying to tell. Why aren't the same rules applying for Usnavi, yeah. who actually is Latin American? Right, exactly. Whereas Hamilton's a pasty white guy in real life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously... Yeah, it's tri- I mean, it's 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 not like they don't have the cast. They've cast right. Hamilton, right? Um, yeah, it's like what what happened there that allowed it to be okay. What were the conversations that were had? Because yeah. Lin Manuel was very involved. Yeah, he no. was very very involved. Um, what were the conversations that were had that, like, you know, just made this fine for the the West End? Like, yeah. It's it's really odd. It's really odd. And again, you know, not nearly as much of an outcry has been made about it. Right. Uh compared to compared the to Chicago, the Chicago production. Yeah. Um and I think it is just in a sense of we don't you know, Latin American by definition mm-hmm. is an American race. Right. Um we don't you know Right. So of course we don't you have can't, any representation. You can't cast any locally at all. Yeah. Uh but then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, so do you do it? Right. Do you do? Then, like, then it becomes a shame. Like, well, then we can't share the story with thousands of people. Exactly. If we just say no to it, yeah, it's yep. it's tricky. It's tricky with this one. It's tricky with this one because it is such a good story, and like, it's a worthwhile story, and it's a story about a culture. Like, it yep. would be the. I'm 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 leading into something that is still I, I still got my panties in a bunch over it, um, but because this story is worthwhile. Do you know what story is not worthwhile? Jerome Robbins is Broadway. Yep. Uh, have you have you have you been following this? You don't need to tell me twice, but I know it's your favorite topic of conversation at the moment. Uh, so I'll, I'll pass you the soapbox. Here it makes go. me so angry. The Muni is a hundred-year-old theater in St. Louis. It's the municipal theater. It is one of the largest outdoor theaters in the world, yep. um, and certainly the largest outdoor theater to perform musical theater on a consistent basis. Yep. Um, famous regional theater. I think has won a Tony, like one of the regional theater Tonys, um, hugely popular. Performed Jerome Robbins' Broadway recently, a couple weeks ago. Um, it's a hard show to get rights to um, because it's really the rights to like 14 different shows yeah. all owned. And so it hasn't been performed a lot. Um, yeah. And the Muni... I don't think it's been performed since... Since its premiere? That sounds yeah. right. Um 
the it includes you know your favorite numbers from your favorite musicals that Jerome Robbins has choreographed, including On the Town and West Side Story and The King and I. Um, and the Muni did some like really super racist caricatures of some characters in these shows. Not yep. that The King and I or West Side Story are the best representations of Asian culture yep. or Latin culture to begin with. But then to have like Whitey McWhiteface the actor put on a, you know, racist, broken Asian dialect or a poor, exaggerated Latin dialect. Yeah. Like it is motherfucking 2018. Like if you are an artistic director of a theater this large and this prestigious, you should know better. You should yep. know better. And it's not like, like one, you should have cast appropriately. But even yep. if you haven't cast appropriately, you can at least not put on the racist accent. That's a yep. change you can like raise your hand and make on the last dress rehearsal. Um, and the Muni backpedaled with the worst, worst backpedaling letter I've ever seen. Their main excuse was, well, our next production is The Wiz, so we couldn't possibly be racist, which is literally, like, word for word, the I have a black friend excuse. Yeah, exactly. I can't be racist. I have a black friend. We can't be racist. We're doing the ways. We're doing the ways. Like, screw you, the Muni. And they, yeah. it's kind of died down because their shows don't last very long. Um, and yeah. people in St. Louis don't care. Um, but it, it peeved me some huge, Jimmy. It really, yeah, really sure. did. Um, do, do you know one of the things uh, this uh, people will arise when they hear this but one of the things that pissed me off about it yeah. it was more of the fact that it wasn't as big an outcry I guess it's not as big a platform but basically we, people when should... we go back to yeah. well when we go back to Comet yeah. mm-hmm. yes. Comet got shut down yeah. because they said it was racist yeah when because, Comet was actually because it, actively... because it smelled like it might be racist right? exactly yeah like people lost their jobs yeah. because it was racist. This thing is actually racist. They played there was like a protest at the show. Yep. People yelled and walked out. And then they played two more performances. Yeah. And as far as I know, they played them unchanged. Except well that's it. Do you know what I mean? It takes one casting choice. And yeah. y- y- like that happened in co- it, yeah. it just kind of baffles me. And like you say it's it is 2018 now. Yeah, we don't really make these mistakes anymore. Like, I mean, the conversations well, have already been had. Well, like, we sh- I would say we shouldn't make these mistakes anymore. I'm learning. Yeah, I'm it. learning more and more that my ideal of a non-racist America is just patently yeah. untrue. Um, well, there was a recent there was a recent West Side Story concert that was going to happen starring Sierra Bloody Bogus. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, stop. Yeah, like. But that didn't go ahead because right, because there was an outcry. Um, hashtag racist, like. right? And it does. I do. I do see it begging the question: like, can we ever perform the? I I wonder if I've talked about this. Um, they uh, released all of the Looney Tunes on a DVD set as like a collector's item. Like, watch yeah. all the Looney Tunes, um, yeah. and. It starts uh, with a speech by Whoopi Goldberg. 
Um, because what Looney Tunes cartoon shouldn't start with a speech by Whoopi Goldberg? Right. Where she says, basically, and you should, we'll, we'll find it and put it in the show notes. Yeah, um, for sure. But she says, basically, like, hey, these cartoons you're about to see are from a different era. There are some things in there that are not okay. There are some racist things. There are some offensive things. And, you know, there are things that wouldn't exist if we made these cartoons today. But it also feels like it would do a disservice to censor those things or cut those things out. Yep. And so we present them as is. Um, and, like, it does beg the question, can, can we do West Side Story ever again? You know, can we do The King and I? I don't think we need to do The King and I. Um, but, yep. like, there are some really nice pieces of musical theater that have some really racist, offensive moments. Um, yep. And, like, it is interesting to see the theater community grapple with how do we do that? Especially because the theater community exists in this weird, bizarre art recreation form. Like yeah. we take old works and make them new again yeah. in a way that like movies don't. Well, not as much until recently. Um, but like, or that books don't, you know, you're not going to yeah. be like the new rewritten version of whatever. Um, right. It's, it's, it is really fascinating to watch the theater and I, well, community I think... grapple with it and get it wrong a lot. Yeah. I think I think the tricky thing is there, comparing it to, to other things, is with a book, it's a hard thing. Right. Um, so and it's, it's done. It exists. Yeah, exactly. It existed in its time. Whereas a theater, you when you're putting on a revival of a show, you're recreating it. Yeah. And you are telling a new story, but there's only so much you can do. Um, so I think it's, it's quite important to think about people. So obviously, um, we're just getting, in fact, I think it's opening next week. Uh, the King and I, mm-hmm. the Broadway King and I, yeah. is just opening on the West End mm-hmm. uh, with Kelly O'Hara um, and Ken Watanabe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is the Bartlett Share production. Yeah. And so for someone like Bartlett Share, yeah. who it seems to be the only person at the moment kind of taking these shows mm-hmm. and being like, let's give it a go. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time gets it right. Yeah. Um, now, I don't know much about his King and I production, but certainly for something like Fiddler, mm-hmm. which is very broad in terms of its, you know, portrayal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what he did with his production was kind of inject the authenticity back into it. He scrapped Jerome Robbins' choreography. He right. got Hoffa Schechter in. Yeah. And it suddenly became a much more authentic, a much... Yeah. Uh, a much realer yeah. show. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing that allows you to do these shows and allows you to keep it... It just takes a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. Or like the time, uh, when whichever revival of West Side Story where Lin-Manuel Miranda himself wrote... Exactly. ...new exactly. Spanish lyrics yeah, sure. off of sure. um, Sondheim's originals. Um, exactly. You know, like, that is the attention and care it takes. And it doesn't, like... It doesn't seem like any more attention and care is necessary than the normal amount you'd give any show, right? Yeah. You have to find a choreographer. Find the right one, you know? Exactly. Like, it, this stuff isn't hard. Um, and, like, the, the racist option isn't easier either, I don't think. 
I would say, well, I mean, other than the fact that you just kind of do it. Right. But I don't know any director worth their salt who just kind of does it. Right. Like, what, why are you in this anyway? Yeah. At that point. Because I think, I mean, I think for Jerome Robbins Broadway, I'm not defending them, but I think what they've, they really, is they kind of talk about it in their apology is that this is a dance show. Right. Ignore all of the content. Yeah. Just look at the footwork. Right. You know, I mean, like, that's almost what they were saying. Yeah. Um, because they were saying, oh, we couldn't find people of that race to do this choreography i'm like first of all it's the fan dance so so it's really not that hard you can manage um but like yeah that was the kind of excuse and but that doesn't it doesn't fly it doesn't fly a story well and they cast in they cast in st louis in new york like what what do you mean you can't find the people try harder exactly i'm sure all of the actors out there who are completely eligible and suitable will sort of be like Huh? Yeah, be like I audition. Hello, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's so tricky, and I think actually Heights is is one that is very is is very interesting. Yeah. Because actually Heights in its own uh, show, mm-hmm. the content of its show, um, almost all of its leads are Latin American, mm-hmm. apart from Benny. Yeah. Uh, but then you've got a huge chorus. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, if you are a school or an amateur company putting it on, just try and, you know, at least fill the leads. Right. Yeah. You do your best. You do your best with what you have. And like... Totally. But then it's it's still New York. Right. So the course can be whatever you want. Whatever you want. Yeah. And it's the difference between, like, I think that is one of the, the things that draws a line in my mind. Casting in a high school, you have a limited pool of kids. Yeah. Casting a professional production, you have every yeah. professional actor. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, Literally all of them. Your pool and there's a couple. Is ev- right. They're out there. Try harder. It's funny because you never hear about out-of-work actors. Right. Never. And they're also busy. They're so busy. It's hard to find. You know, it's hard to find. The them. scheduling. Right. Oi. I know. Frustrates I know. me. It yes, will, indeed. It will frustrate me forever, I think. I think it will. Yeah, because it didn't end well. No, it didn't end well. It won't <laughs> it end just well. Ended. America's going to shit. Yeah, no, we're yeah. it's it's gonna be awful. <laughs> yeah. Happy podcast, everyone. Hey. <laughs> but no, we do want to end on a positive note, don't we? Yes, we do, Jimmy. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah.
Do you know this is one of two musicals I know that takes place on July 4th? <laughs> just, I'm just going to leave it at, do you know this is one of two musicals I know? <laughs> yep. I've been faking the rest yep. for years. Uh, okay, wait. I bet you can get there. It's... Give me a clue. Uh, it's set around the turn of the last century. It's a it's a triple. One person wrote music book and lyrics. Oh, who's Music Man? The Music Man is set squarely around July Fourth and oh, Flag I didn't Day. Realize that? Yeah, we I probably for- talked. Oh, we had we talked about Flag Day because we I talked didn't know about what it was. Day. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, great. I forget maybe it's Shapoopy night, I don't remember, but one of one of the like celebration nights is July 4th. Um yeah. which makes it a summer musical. Um and yeah, I find it sure. I find it interesting that musicals are set around July 4th. Um because it's like I don't know, July 4th is a weird holiday for me being an american it's not a holiday for you i imagine oh really <laughs> yeah but like what you know do you have a do you have a scotland day absolutely not we've got st andrew's day okay what do you do on st andrew's day uh we sometimes eat haggis <laughs> you go to work and it's a normal day yeah we've got like yeah we've got like burns night as well yeah but that you know i think the closest we could possibly say would be hogman Okay. Our yeah. New Year's celebration. Right. Yeah. But that's... That's uh, attached to We all to have a new else. year. Right. Yeah. Well, every other... Like, if we're talking... Uh, the United States has what are called federal holidays. There's, like, 12 yes. of them, and they're days you get off, basically. July 4th is one of them. Um, yeah. But the rest Memorial of Memorial Day, that's Memorial another day. one. I guess that's another one, too. Um, Mem- Memorial Day, we don't really celebrate. We just kind of get off. I mean... Because it's, okay. <laughs> it's not—it's not really a celebration. It's like yeah, that's very true. You know, in memorial of our d- departed soldiers. Um, yep. But you know, July Fourth certainly American eagle screech sound effect. You know, red, white, and blue, and fireworks. Um, yeah. But it is—I think it's one of the most beautiful things that that date that that celebration is co-opted by this musical. Um, I like it because it pisses conservatives off um right because july 4th is you know a celebration of our country as stupid and awful as it is at sometimes and like yep. um you know the independence we have and how that we are quote unquote unique in our diversity um but that at least the concept and the founding of america is that anyone's welcome anyone can come in um you know we're making a new country based on people who can enter and like to uh, yes contemporary problems aside oh my goodness it's an awful it's, it's, you're not saying any lies it's an awful day in america friends um but to put that like it's july 4th and look at all of these latinos celebrating their heritage yeah. here in america um yeah. You know, combine that with basically the overarching moral of the story that Usnavi has found his home here on 181st Street, not back in Puerto Rico. Um, yeah, is truly American and not this kind of like patriotic fake bullshit that sometimes we tout on Fourth of July. 
um, at our barbecues with our beers. Um, And like, I think that is one of the things that makes this a beautiful musical. And we've talked before about how like musical theater is kind of a very American art form. um, Yeah, for sure. And has its founding here. And it is like a, you, you see these stories through a lot of musical theater, you know, even things like West Side Story, even things like the music man. Um, There are, there is this sense of like, the the American can doism, the you know melting pot of who we all are that like yeah you can succeed whether you know your daddy Warbucks or the huckster Harold Hill or Usnavi the you know yeah. businessman who runs his bodega you can still have a song and a dance and a happy ending at the end of your show um, and it, it's it's really American and it's very Fourth of July e too. I think absolutely it's a pure celebration yeah yeah you know there's so much festivity in that show that's one that's one of the things again that that really drew me to it Mm -hmm. was because it basically just because of all the dancing like there's so many party numbers yeah Yeah. so many big dance celebration numbers it's so much fun yeah well and and i think there i forget if it was on reddit or twitter or someone called me out on this on brigadoon um when i said i'm from ireland Right. Yes. Um. Like clearly, I'm not from Ireland. But You're my, not. I know. Can you tell by the fact that I'm not constantly shoveling Lucky Charms into my face? Um, exactly. It's all they do. But I do. I. I. There is this American trait that I think is difficult to explain. That I think is very core to being American is that yep. we are all people of two heritages. That yeah. we are from where we're from, quote unquote, in that Ireland kind of way. But also we live here now in this yeah. place that a bunch of other people live, you know. And, of course, centuries of atrocities against Native Americans aside and contemporary racist difficulties that our current administration seems to have with anyone who's yes. not totally pale coming into this country. But yeah. the core and the foundation and the soul of it is there and to like to see it come out in art to see it live on in these coded metaphorical fun night at the theater kind of ways like it it really does give me goosebumps and give me chills and like makes me excited for you know this damned experiment of a country we're trying to figure out yeah for sure it's true it's like i think it, it when I think about American musicals and I think about shows that show national pride, I always think about In the Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it not only... It, that thing is it shows you the look back yeah, and it shows you the look now. Yeah. And it's, it's it's just very exciting in that way. There's not really... Again, there's not really anything yeah. like it. It's a wonderful... It's a, it's a line that... It's a stage direction that only exists in the script. And if you haven't seen the show, you'd never know it happened. Which one? Let me see if I can find it. Um, It's near the end. Yeah, here it is. Um, The power is still out. This is at the very end. This is right before the finale. The power is still out. Kevin is up on a ladder taking down the Rosario car service sign. Camilla is beside him. He hands the sign down to Camilla. Underneath is the glimmer of an older sign. O'Hanrahan car service. Um, and it's the most, it's such a beautiful moment because it is this glimmer of like a different culture used to live here and we're yeah. moving out and a new culture is going to move in. And 
it's bittersweet all around, but that is part of the American story, is this struggle, is this, you know, constant movement and, like, melting pot of cultures. Exactly. Um, and it's just it's just the tiniest little cleverest of moments yep. that, like, you could go through, you could see the show seven times and never notice. Yeah. And I think that's, it's, it's kind of a bittersweet thing with, with them because yeah. obviously they, they end up having to sell their business yeah. uh, in order to provide for Nina but in order just to kind of make way but the nice the nice parts are is that um, we have this abuela painting on the grating right um, and Usnavi is staying yeah you know what I mean Usnavi everything the hairdresser is, is shut the taxi camp company is shut yeah but Usnavi's still there and I think that's the thing is it's that like um we shall overcome. Yeah. We will endure. And it, it's spirit. still, be, because it's art, because it's a story, like it, it, you know, the fact that it is a bittersweet ending is like, it, it doesn't have to be fully happy. It doesn't have, you know, like the, what am I trying to say? A lot of musicals try to be cautionary tales. A lot of musicals try to be like, oh, and then everyone lived happily ever after. And you can feel this. You can leave feeling great about this show. Yeah. And like In the Heights doesn't try to do that. In the Heights is like, hey, you know, shit's real, yo. Um, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. That's it. There's no, there doesn't have to be a but we move on sometimes. Yes. You know, there there is glimmers of hope, certainly, but it's not... That's not a necessary part of the story. The story yeah, exactly. is like a, a a real story of you know struggle and attempts at overcoming and how that For pans sure. out. And it's got a very nice kind of to be continued vibe. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, because not everything is tied up in a nice neat little bow. It's very like yeah. it's just beginning. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting. So I always find it really fun to leave the theater feeling like that. Like yeah. oh yeah. Oh, and you get thinking. Yeah. I, I love that, and that's it, something I really, really love about. Heights. I do. I do think Heights more than a lot of shows. True, is it? I think it's a Brechtian ideal, but like you zoom into the city, and then you zoom in through the window, and you see the man in his living room going about his daily life, and then at the end of the show, you zoom out of the window and you zoom up to the city, and you still have this thought that like you just witnessed a moment in all these people's lives, not their full yeah. stories. It's definitely not Brechtian. I think it might be Stan. Maybe that's Stan. Or maybe Chekhov. I did. Because it's naturalism. But yeah. I did get a D in theater history, so, you know. That's fair. But yeah, it's... it's. Oh, sorry. I'm totally... That's right. <laughs> um, it's a little slice of life. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like... Abs- and that is... Yeah, it's just real people. That thing is as well. It's, it's just like, real people. There's no superheroes. There's no, yeah. you know anyone the the biggest thing that happens is someone wins ninety six thousand dollars right um yeah which and it's in like, many respects doesn't really mean much not that much and they split it three ways anyway i guess two yeah. by the end of the show um yeah. but like it's there's like a threshold that a story needs to achieve that's like why tell this story why is this moment on this day more important than all the other moments on all the other days in yeah, these characters sure. lives and i think in the heights like just barely gets over that hurdle and it's one of the most beautiful things about it it's yeah. not you know the day harold hill came to town and like and swindled everyone or yeah. like you know the day max bialystok finally had a a flop that turned into a hit like yeah this is just you know they go dancing they have 
dinner. They're at yep. the salon. Nina comes back from college. Like yep. they're just these tiny little everyday things that makes this a slightly more important set of three days than July first or July sixth around them. Yeah, you know, totally, totally. Um, so I'm excited for the movie. <laughs> now that they got it out of, um, the also clutches of, of the yeah. clutches of the Weinstein, yeah, death grip. I'm excited for the yep. movie too. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to do a lot of the, right a lot of the wrongs that West Side Story movie has created. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you it's, know? it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really good. I'm surprised. It's taken so long? Yeah, we haven't heard more of it. I know. I don't know why it's taken so long. Because yeah. it's literally been being talked about yeah. since. And. I don't know if you've noticed, but Lin-Manuel Miranda is so hot right now. Um, he is. He's already I mean, maybe got... that's Maybe just like, he just decided to ride the Hamilton wave. Yeah. And as that subsides... It's we'll not see, like he's you know. not Moana. He's in the new Mary Poppins movies. Like, it's not like he's not working <laughs> yeah. on stuff. Uh, by the way, this one I'm not happy about. Mary Poppins? I don't know how true it is. I'm pretty sure it's been confirmed. No. Oh. Lin-Manuel is playing Lee Scoresby in the His Dark Materials trilogy BBC adaptation. Interesting. I don't Have know. Have you read those books? No, I don't know enough Lee to be Scoresby angry, angry with Texan you about this. aeronaut. I don't see... It makes about as much sense as him playing Bert. <laughs> I just hope he puts on a fake Cockney accent in both. He does. <laughs> it's really, you know... It's upsetting, but hey I just... Because also, I'm not his biggest fan. I don't yeah. want to end this on a negative note, but I want to say this. We'll, <laughs> we'll I'll, find something happy to say afterwards. I'll squeeze this... I'll squeeze the movie conversation right to the end, uh, to the beginning of this bit. Because um, I'm not as big... I'm not his biggest fan. Yeah? Okay. I don't think he's the best actor. Um, I think he's an incredible writer. I think yeah. that is where his gift... And he's gifted. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's prodigious. Yes. Um, but... I don't think his acting and his singing is much after scratching. No, I think that's roles. true. I mean, watch the his, I mean, the two thousand eight or two thousand nine Tonys when they do in the Heights. Not that uh, sound problems are terribly uncommon in these things, but they do. They perform ninety six thousand, and at the ending, like multi chorus bit, they leave Lynn's mic on a little too hot, and Lynn's a little very off key. Um, yeah, and it's sad. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, because I've seen Heights now, and I've seen it with an incredible actor playing Hamilton. You know what I mean? You want to try like, that one again? You've seen... Oh, did I say I've seen Heights? <laughs> you've seen Heights. and you've... I've, seen... <laughs> I've seen Hamilton now. Uh, and of course, it was an incredible actor playing Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, yes. Yeah. I guess it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so he keeps casting himself. And I'm like, yeah. stop it. I think we, did we talk about this? When we talked Hamilton? about Hamilton, I I rarely have memories that go back more than like two podcasts, but I yeah, seem to remember years. us having a discussion about um, like, is he writing the part for himself and is that part of the game? Yep. And so the thing is, right, what I would 100% say is, is Navi, you take it, man. Yeah. You go for it because he, you know what I mean? Right. That is... He's it's, writing literally what his, he knows. It's his block. It's his world. Yeah. A hundred percent. Obviously with Hamilton, 
he isn't Alexander. And he, you know, he's made a lot of comparisons with himself, right? And Alexander Hamilton and and all that. And I'm like, absolutely, but yeah. I don't know. I find it tricky. Yeah. But then you know, we oh, I know when we had the chat when we were chatting Dave Malloy. Oh yes, that is when we talked about it. That makes more sense. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah. Hard but to I say. don't want to say too much because there'll be uh, dartboards on my head. You'll be shot out of the sky. I think that's the rule. Basically, yeah. Don't. That's the rule. But no, I'm not saying he's not talented. The, no. the man is a genius. obviously a genius, <laughs> unquestionably. Like. Exactly. He is a defined genius. Yes. yes. Um, and a decent genius. actor. Decent enough. I actually one of my favorite moments was him in Modern Family. That was great. <laughs> what really did good. you know? What I liked him in. Um, he was uh, their clips of the. I think it's an encores when they did Merrily We Roll. Oh, Merrily! Yes, he was a really good Charlie. His uh, his um uh my favorite Charlie song. Um, Franklin, Franklin Shepherd Inc. is my favorite. It's to die for, because he's got that patter down. Because he's been rapping his whole life. Um, I know, but he, then yeah. he tries to sing the other songs, and he, he can't. <laughs> it's fine. Oh man! And and Jimmy has taken his headphones off again, and he's up on <laughs> no, his desk I'm again. Not sh- I'm not shaking this time. I'm not shaking this time. I don't know. I just feel. But then you know, so many times that happens, it doesn't go to the best. He's not. It's not like he's got like an Elaine Stritch vibe where it's like right. you've got this powerhouse behind you, right? But then I guess when it comes to the rapping, I think he, he kills does. the rapping. I think like I have so, listened to recordings. Okay, I'm, I'm of, sitting back a little bit there. I yeah. I have listened to recordings of other people doing Heights and doing Hamilton, and I think he gets it because he wrote it. I mean, obviously he's got for quite, sure quite the leg up there. But there is, you know, it's the problem we're going to have when all of these white suburban schools start doing Hamilton. Yeah. Um. Or the problem they're like. This weird uncanny valley that I felt when I watched the West End performance of Hamilton on the Olivier's, uh-huh. where like they're just they're just finishing their words a little too much, yeah. and like just putting too many consonants on things here and there, um, and they miss the cadence and they miss the the rhythm, and it's it's not a thing like I can't demonstrate it. It's it is yeah. like a talent, um, yeah. not well, a skill. It's like what I hear when people try and do Scottish accent. Yeah. Like the the little inconsistencies there, yeah, yeah. Um, no, so, okay, I retract that. He's an extreme. That no one can rival him on the rap. Just don't write yourself singing bits. Then there you go. Yeah, I want to hear him <laughs> do the witch's rap. He will a hundred percent. That will exist. Out I want to. I want to hear him do the witch's rap, and I want to hear him do. You got trouble. I've seen Patti Lapone do them. I now want to see Lin Manuel Miranda do them. He I mu- I want to see Patti Lapone and Lin Manuel Miranda switch spots in their iconic roles. <laughs> what? I just want that in my life. You want Lin Manuel Miranda to do Rose's turn? Yes, and I want Patti Lapone to write half of Bring It On. That was funny. That was good. That was a good joke. Thank you. I try. I strive for humor. They don't happen all the time. Nope. Very rarely, in fact. Yeah, I'm a street light chilling in the heat. I illuminate the stories of the people in the street. Some have happy endings, some are bittersweet. But I'm of them all, and that's what makes my life complete. And if not me, who keeps our legacies? Who's going to keep the coffees, leave the secret recipes? I'm well, I rest in peace. You live in my memory. 
Jimmy was in the Heights. It was. Yay. We did it. I'll never mention my directing of it again. That's not true at all. You're such a liar. I know. (laughs) Hooray. It is one of the only shows I've read that has light cues indicated by in lines spoken by characters. Did you notice that it starts and ends with light cues? Lights up on Washington Heights. And then Act One ends with blackout, and then oh, yeah. the finale begins with lights out on Washington Heights. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh. And it adds it's to just, and then sunrise. Yep, is the opening of yep. Act One. Yep, it adds to the kind of like theatricality, you know, and having a narrator does that. But like we're telling yeah. you a story, and it's on stage, exactly. and we're acknowledging that blackout, blackout. Very liminal Miranda. <laughs> I have to give I have to give massive shout outs to my lighting designer by the way. He did an incredible job. It was stunning. Yeah, because all the cues are written in the script. <laughs> His artistry actually told me it's more than just cues. I don't know if you know this about light. No, I don't know anything about lighting design. Absolutely nothing, nothing at all. At all. Uh so that was in the heights. What are we doing next time, Tommy? Give me I, an equipment. I got equipment for you. To our knowledge, this show, the one we're talking about next week is one of the only Broadway musicals to include a full-stage splash guard for audience protection. <gasps> Did you like that? I used my infomercial voice. Full-stage was... splash guard. Do you have infomercials I want one. in Scotland? Mom! Do we have commercials? Infomercials. Infomercials. Where, like, someone is bumbling in black and white with, like, a, a, a pot that can't like boil the corn water baller? or something. Like the corn baller, but real. Yes. Yeah. Um, no. Well, so there. You're lucky. <laughs> yep. And do you know this is? I bet you this will baffle you, huh? On BBC, yeah, there are no uh, commercials. There are no commercials. Yeah, because you guys pay a television tax. Exactly. This is a thing about British culture. I do know. Okay. We're getting close to paying a television tax with the way Netflix is going. It's just you know true. Our, <laughs> yeah, that's hundred percent true. Our free market world. Um, 
Although Hulu's messing that up because you can pay to still have commercials. Um, anyway. Yay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that weird rant. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us and talk about television, you can. <laughs> um, come find me over on Twitter at as in Hendrix. And I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. Or you can check out our show Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Or you can go to our website, JimandTomic.com, which has a link to our Reddit discussion where you can chat up a storm. I've got some things to say about heights. What? No way. I know. You would never have guessed. Never. Still so much more to be said. Never, ever had guessed. Hey, if you like this show, will you go leave us a review on iTunes? It, it really helps us out. Oh, sorry. It's called Apple Podcasts now. Wherever it is. Exactly. Just, you know, whatever. It, it really helps other people find the show and does a lot of good things for the algorithm. It's all about the algorithm nowadays, Jimmy. It's all about the algorithm. We know all about that. Um, yes. So that would be lovely. And we shall see you next week bye i panicked i didn't know what to say i panicked so i just said bye i felt like i needed to (laughs) think of something creative but then i just said bye jimmy like totally gosh to do (laughs) i think what we'll do at one point is make a compilation video not video thing Uh of all of your goodbyes just my stupid goodbyes and then we'll find out it's actually if you play it backwards. Right, it's a recipe for cake. <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, bye. Bye. <laughs>